aren't you thankful this morning that you're in the house of the Lord? Praise God. Amen. Well, I'm going to start my timer so that I don't preach too long. So I'm going to be talking this morning on a subject that I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me on a Wednesday night. Typically, the Holy Spirit speaks to me in my time of devotion or when I'm alone. This is the first that I can ever recall the Holy Spirit speaking to me when I was in a service listening to preaching. But a couple Wednesday nights ago when Brother David Grigsby was speaking on the sounds of Psalms, the Holy Spirit right there spoke to me. And here's what He spoke to me. He said, it's time to get up. And I just kind of like Mary, I just pondered that in my heart. And that's what I want to speak to someone here today. The Holy Spirit is telling me, and I believe it's telling someone in this house, it's time to get up. We have purpose. And we've got to occupy till he comes. And until Jesus comes, ladies and gentlemen, you have purpose. And I'm going to tell you the devil will try to do everything in his power to take you out. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Would you give God just a hand clap of praise this morning? The Lord bless you. You can be seated. I pondered for a minute on what I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And as I pondered on it, a scripture came to my mind. It is a scripture in Proverbs 24 and 16. It says this, For though a righteous person fall seven times, they will rise again. Now, today you may have feeling like you have fallen short. I've fallen short. We've all have fallen short of the glory of God. You may have been tripped up by an old iniquity or a reoccurring sin. And you're like, how many times do I have to be tripped up before I learn? How many times does this same sin going to get me before I overcome it? I'm here to tell you that though a righteous person falls seven times, though a righteous person falls 70 times, they will rise again. Why? Thank God for the grace of God that can cause us to get back up again. You know, we, we really don't get this too much in the spirit as much as we get it in the natural. You gotta be a really bad parent to scold a child that is trying to get up and learn to walk if they don't get it the third time. You have to really be demented if you spank that child the fifth time it tries to get up 
and it doesn't accomplish it. None of us in this room would do that. You know what we do? The little fella falls down on its diaper and you know what we say? Come to Dada. Come to Mama. Get back up. You can do it. You can do You're going to learn to walk. Come on. And you know what? That's what we do in the natural. But for some reason, we have this bias toward heaven that says if I mess up seven times, then heaven cuts me off. And I am here to tell you that is a false accusation against heaven. If you are willing to look at that child and tell them perhaps maybe 50, 100, who knows how many times you can do it. I'm here to remind all of us that our Heavenly Father, He knows the Scripture says that we are but dust. He remembers our frame and He remembers that we are but dust. And I want to just remind somebody in this room, no matter how many times you may have fallen, your Heavenly Father is saying to you, it is time to get back up. Come on, somebody give some praise to the Lord right now. I want you to look at Psalm 103 and 14. Here's the scripture. He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. You say, what does, what does that mean? It means that God is our creator. And it means that he has infinite knowledge of us and our weaknesses. I had a friend, a a preacher friend of mine told me something. He said, pastor, he said, you have to remember that we all came from dust. And because we have all come from dust, we're all now trying to prove our worth. Mm. I was like, whoa. That is profound. What do you mean by that? Because we know that we came from dirt, then we're trying to prove to everybody that we are not dirt, that we are worthy. And you know how we do this? We do it through possessions. When you see what I drive and where I live and what I wear and the handbag, and I'm not against any of it. I'm not. Y'all know that. Wear what you want, drive what you want, live where you want. But don't use that to try to prove your worth. Possessions are not to try to prove that you are valuable. Power is not to try to prove that you are valuable. How many likes you get on Facebook doesn't prove that you are valuable. We all have to remind ourselves that we are valuable because we are made in the express image of God. We are covenant sons and daughters of God. But here's what the world will say. You're not enough. You're not talented enough. You're not beautiful enough. You're not educated enough. You're too old. You're too young. You know what? Here's what I have found out, y'all. When I was, when I was in my twenties, I was too young to be preaching. Now that I'm in my 55, I feel too old to be preaching. So I guess there was one moment when I was 42, I was the perfect age. 
Here's what I'm saying. If Moses can lead two million people out of Egypt at 80, and Timothy can start preaching as a very young man, quit listening to the lies of the devil that say you're too old, you're too young, you're not this and you're not that, and get up and do what God has called you to do. See, what happens, though, is when we lose these things in our culture, right? Because our culture tells us and defines us by what we possess, by our power, and by our popularity. And when we lose these things, the enemy uses that to knock us down, right? Because now we no longer feel valuable. We lose power. We lose possessions. We lose popularity. We get hurt in relationships. People betray us. They knock us down. Abuse in our past makes us feel like that we're damaged goods and God can't use damaged goods. I'm here to tell you again, the devil is a liar. If God will use Moses, who was a murderer, and if he will use David, who was an adulterer, and I could keep going, I promise you that you haven't gone too far to not receive the grace of God. What you are believing, some of you are believing a lie that says because you came from that, you are that. And I'm here to tell you just because you come from that doesn't mean that is who you are. You are a covenant daughter and a covenant son of God. Man. I'm going to preach it like I feel it this morning. See, the Holy Spirit can sympathize with us. Why? Because Jesus himself understood what it was to be rejected. He was rejected. The Bible says he came unto his own and his own received him not. But do you understand because the Jews rejected Jesus, you and I now have salvation? Do you understand that just because you have been rejected by your family does not mean that God rejects you? Come on, somebody. Y'all are not getting this. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's time to get up. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but the scripture says this. If a righteous man falls seven times, they will arise. God knew all the things that life was going to throw at us and that would cause us to fall. So essentially, the the book of Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 16, it says this. A person who trusts in the Lord may trip and fall over And over again. But they won't stay down. How do we overcome obstacles in life? By God's grace. God's grace helps us to get back up. Again and again. I just want to encourage you. I have only one assignment this morning. And that is to encourage you. No matter how many times you mess up. And you may fall. God wants to pick you up. And even if you feel like, well, this this fall right here just completely and utterly takes me out. It's just irreversible. 
I want to tell you, you have a choice to make. And if you make the choice to get up, then the setback is only temporary. See, God wants us to get back up. And you say, okay, pastor, how? How does, how do I get up? Well, the Lord is here to help all of us lighten our load. One way that you can get back up is forgiveness. Now, brothers and sisters, I know it's not easy to forgive. The deeper the grievance, the harder it is to forgive. You know, when you feel like that you've just been crucified by others, it's hard to forgive them. But I believe that God forgave others while he was on the cross so that he could get up three days later. I don't have any Bible to prove this. But I believe if Jesus wouldn't have forgiven them, he wouldn't have gotten up. Because his scripture tells us that if we want him to forgive us, we have to forgive others. And if you want to get back up and lighten your load, it's called forgiveness. It's called letting them go. Jesus said it like this, Father, forgive them for they do not even know what they do. Can I tell you that forgiveness precedes resurrection? And if you want to have a resurrection in your life, release your family. Release your past. Forgive that boss. Forgive that person who has done you wrong. And you say, yeah, but every time I see my abuser, it's just hard. Ask God, God, would you help me again to release it so that I can get up and go forward and not live in the pain of yesterday, but live in my purpose. Can I encourage you this morning? If God's Spirit can raise Jesus up from the dead, then Christ in you can get you up. If God's Spirit can raise a dead Jesus, it can resurrect a dead marriage. Mm. See, bitterness is a root. The Bible says this, beware Lest the root of bitterness. Now I'm going to be a little theatrical, but just to hope to make an example here. How many of you have ever tripped? Can I see your hand? How many of you have ever fallen? Can I see your hand? Oh, okay. Pretty much all of us. If you're not paying attention, the Bible says this, that the root of bitterness, what happens can trip you up. The root. Why? Because the root, every root bears fruit. And the root of bitterness produces the fruit of anger. The root of bitterness produces the fruit of resentment. I'm going to get them back if it's the last thing I do. Oh, there's a famous saying, I don't get mad. I get even. Oh, y'all are so holy this morning. Wow, it's amazing. I just feel honored, Lord, to be in the presence of holiness today. Hey, I've lived too long. Y'all look real cute. Y'all do. Y'all all look real cute this morning, but I lived too long for y'all little cute faces to fool me. 
I know what I'm talking about. Life can trip you up. Bitterness can trip you up. Anger can keep you down. Envy, envy. Brother, I'm going to tell you something. Jealousy is as cruel as the grave. And the enemy can get your eyes off of what you don't have. And you keep trying to reach for something you don't have. And the enemy keeps you distracted by what you're not. Instead of focusing on your gifts, your talents, your abilities. And keep looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of your faith. Shout, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. You say, Pastor, I'm just so, I'm weighted down. You know what will help you get up? I know this is not a sweet word, but here it is, repentance. Father, Lord, I'm just weighted down with past. I'm weighted down with things that have happened. I'm weighted down, Lord, with unforgiveness I know I've got a root that is growing in my life, producing some things I don't want. So, Father, I'm ready to get back up. And you know what? It may not change. Even when I forgive them, it may not change them. But I can't change them anyway. But it is going to change me. And my load is going to get a little bit lighter. Because I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to have a successful marriage unless there's a lot of forgiveness in that marriage. You're not going to make it 31 years unless you look at each other and say, you know what? I forgive you. Why? Because there is such a thing called offense and we can be offended. And when we're offended with one another or we're offended with our brother, you know what it is? It is to trip you up and to cause you to fall. And guess what? When you're down, the devil don't come and say, let me give you a hand. When you're down, he keeps stomping you and saying, I told you they don't love you. I told you that church don't care. I told you all they want is your money. I'm here to tell you the devil is a liar I got to share this verse with you it's in Micah 7 verse 8 New Living Translation you need to get this do not rejoice over me oh my enemy it didn't say if I fall Come on, quit trying to act like you're perfect because the only person you're fooling is yourself. (laughs) We all know you're not. And I'm not either. It says, when I fall, I will what? I will arise. And when I sit... In other words, it didn't say because you're a Christian, you're never going to suffer from depression. You're never going to have a dark day. It acknowledges that when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I just want to encourage somebody. If you feel like you're sitting in darkness and life has knocked you down, the good news is that you don't have to stay there. The Lord can light your path. The scripture says that he will lead you beside the still waters, that he will direct you, that he will be your light. It actually says he'll be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway. 
God doesn't want you sitting in darkness today. So don't gloat. Another translation says, don't gloat over me, my enemies. For when I fall, I shall arise. I'm not here today to come and preach you a light sermon to tell you that we as Christians don't suffer trials and tests and persecution and heartache. I'm not here to tell you that. I am here to remind all of us that He does promise to be with us in our troubles. And Paul tells us this, if God be for us, who can be against us? For the next 10 minutes, I'm going to give you ways you can get back up. You say, Pastor, you're talking to me. I'm down. How do I get back up? First of all, you got to remember this. You got to always go back, back to this. God's unconditional love. No matter how far I get knocked down, no, no matter how bad I am or what sin I per, have partaken in, you got to remember this, that even through all of that, God still loves me. And know that His grace is not a license for me to sin. I had a young man in this church dropped a question on me and I looked at him and I said, oh my goodness, son. That is profound. Here's the question. I'm going to share it with you. You ready? How would you serve God if you knew there was no hell. That is a Selah moment. In other words, think about it. How would you serve God if you knew there was no hell? That is a message in itself because I believe that most Christians serve God for fire insurance. I I looked at Kevin because he's insurance. (laughs) I don't want to serve God for fire insurance. I I don't want to. I want my motive to be bigger than I don't want to go to hell. I want my motive to be that I serve God because I love him and because he loves me. Can I talk to somebody right now? Because nobody ever went to a cross and died so that I could have remission of sins. No one has ever been as faithful as God has been faithful to me. And I want to serve God, but I don't want to serve Him out of fear. I want to serve Him out of love and a relationship that says, God, you have treated me so good. Lord, I don't want to live in sin. I want to keep getting closer and closer and closer to you. Did that make sense? So one way to lighten your load of fear is to know that God loves you unconditionally. You can't teach more Bible studies, run more bus routes, win more souls for God to love you more. All that you do for the Lord is going to be rewarded. But that doesn't let you into heaven. 
I'm going to preach. I got a little card in my back pocket that says I'm a preacher. <laughs> but I don't think my wallet's going to go to heaven with me. All right, Jesus, let me dig in here a little bit. I got it in here somewhere. Yeah, it says I'm a pastor. And it's got a particular denomination on it. Pentecostals this way. Baptists this way. Presbyterians this way. Blacks this way. Whites this way. Now y'all are shaking your head no. But many churches that I've gone into, that's what I felt like. Come on, somebody. I'm... What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that it's not your denomination and it's not your color and it's not how much you do. It is that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whomsoever believeth in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. You got to believe that God loves you. See, I love to tell you folks that I never mess up. I never say it wrong. I only thought just pure and perfect thoughts. I love to tell you that and I love for it to be the truth. But I'm human and I'm just a man. And so when I don't do it just right or my spirit convicts me, I go back to him, not with my head hung in shame, but I go back to him and I say, I know that I am a covenant son. And I know, God, that you love me. I'm not happy with maybe what I said or my behavior, but I thank you that I can enter boldly, boldly into the presence of God to ask for grace to help me in my time of need. I want you to remember, ladies and gentlemen, that God loves you. And I want this church to begin to transition from Fear of hell to love of God. All right, I got to hurry. Here's the next thing you need to remember. This is Galatians 1 and 10, New Living Translation. It says this, I'm not trying to win the approval of people. What, what was that? Drop the mic. I'm not trying to win the approval of people. Now, I'll tell you what you already know about me. I am a people pleaser. That's just my nature. Me and Molly are very much alike. We want to please people. And I want you to like me. But hopefully I'm growing and getting strong enough that more than you liking me is me pleasing him. And more than you telling me today, good message. And thank you for that. I do appreciate that. But I have to be prepared to say what God wants me to say, whether it makes you like me or not. Because at the end of the day, and you and I are in heaven together, you might just look over at me and wink and say, thank you, pastor, for preaching the truth in love. I really do appreciate it. 
What are you saying? I'm saying to all of you sweet students, as you go to school, there's tremendous peer pressure, not just on you. There's tremendous peer pressure on all of us. It just changes, but it's still pressure. And I am saying that we have to make up in our mind that, you know what? I'm not going to be afraid. Do they allow you to pray over your food or no? When you're in school. Do they stop you from doing that? Okay. Here's what I would say. Pray over your food. It doesn't have to be a five minute prayer. But you can bow your head and say, Lord, I thank you for this meal. And then if somebody looks at you and says, are you a Christian? You say, yes, I am. And I'm mighty happy to be one. Come on, somebody. We cannot bow down to the approval of people. We're not trying to win a popularity contest. If you don't please him, it don't matter who you please. I got to hurry. One of the biggest myths that you will ever get in this life is this. You're going to be miserable if everybody don't love you. That is simply not true. You do not need other people's approval to be happy. I'm going to buy my own tape today. (laughs) Say this with me. Ignore Ignore. all All negative negative voices. voices. Ignore all the negative voices. You say, what do you mean? Here it is, Mark 10 and 46. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. He was a nothing and a nobody. And he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And guess what the crowd said? Be quiet, Bart. Be quiet. You're nothing. You're nobody. You're a beggar. You're blind. You're too old. Leave Jesus alone. He's an important teacher and you're a nothing. Guess what he did? He ignored the negative voices. People that tell you shut up, you just say no thank you. I'm going to keep crying out to Jesus because I know what I need. And listen, sometimes man, sometimes a woman can't meet that need. Only Jesus. And you can't be afraid to say Jesus. Mm. People surrounded him and said, Bart, you need to shut up. But listen, listen to me, please. You'll never get up if you don't ignore the negative voices. Check this out. You'll never get your vision back if you don't ignore the negative voices. God not only wants to get you up, He wants to give you your spiritual vision back that says, guess what? I think I can make it. Guess what? I do believe God has purpose for me. Guess what? I, I, I think I'm kind of changing and I, I don't think I believe that yesterday was my best day. Just maybe, just maybe God has some great days in store for me. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm here to tell you, ignore the negative voices and keep shouting to Jesus. I need my vision.
looking back. God, I need to get up. I need to see clearly. The Bible said he was sitting by the road. But guess what? God got him up. And you know what God wants to do for somebody? He wants to get you up. How? By lightening your load through forgiveness. By lightening your load through repentance. By lightening your load through humility. And just say, God, I come to you just as I am without one plea. No pretense. No facade. Here I am. And he's going to say, here's how that goes, really. Here I am, like it or love it, right? Jesus says, here you are. I like it and I love it. All I wanted was for you just to come to me. You know what Matthew says? Matthew's gospel. I want you to put this up and and, and I'm going to be done. Oh, Matthew 11 and 28. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, God is all about lifting you up and lightening your load Cause I can't get into this, but y'all just, y'all know what a yoke is. Y'all from Louisiana. You know what a yoke is. You know what it is. A yoke is not meant to be something heavy. A yoke is you team up. An ox teams up with another oxen so they can pull the load together. Carl, come here just a second. Hurry, son. Come here. Carlton. Yeah. Come here. Put your arm around me. Guess what? When you're teamed up to Jesus, let me ask you a silly question. When you're teamed up to Jesus, who do you think is going to be doing the most pulling? He said, take my yoke upon you, not to weight you down, because he wants to be there to steady you. He wants to be there to help bear your burdens. He wants to be there to tell you that when you're going through the storm of your life, don't forget, I said I'd never leave you. I said I would never forsake you. Don't you dare forget, I'm here to lighten your load. Just run to me and I'll give you rest. When you're yoked up to him, thank you, Carlton, it's because God wants to help pull the load called life. And he wants to give you rest. And he wants you to get back up and say, you know what? Don't rejoice against me, oh, my enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. Would you stand I want to see a sign of hands this morning. Forget, just put blinders on right now. Serious. I don't want you to think anybody else is in this room but you. I do. I want to see a show of hands. How many just feel like you're down? It doesn't mean you've sinned. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to do something crazy, but you're just down. After two hurricanes, 
a hundred year flood, a freeze, death, hurt, betrayal. Pastor, I'm just down. I really didn't know I was going to say this this morning a lot. I don't know what I'm going to say. It just kind of comes out. But y'all, I really believe with all my heart, God gave this message, maybe not so much for you, and I hope it helps you, but I think God gave this message for me. Because I can't explain it. But it seems like the last two years. It seems like the last two years have just come down on me in two months. And I'm going to be very transparent with you right now. Me and my family, we're doing good. We all love one another, so I thank God for that. I also thank God that I haven't done anything stupid or committed any type of moral sin. I thank God for that. I'm just here to tell you that it seems like life has unloaded on me in the last couple months, and I don't need anybody to come up and say, Pastor, I feel for you. I'm not looking for sympathy. Promise to God. I'm just here to tell you that I'm doing my best to practice what I preached this morning and go back to the well that will never run dry. And I'm doing what I'm talking to you about. I'm just getting alone with God and say, God, Man can't do for me what I need right now. Because I need more than a physical hand. I need a spiritual hand. Reaching down on the inside and giving me strength in my very inner man. So that I can get up. Please, if you don't have to go, listen to your pastor who loves you very much. I don't want... Here's what John 14, I believe, or John 7 says. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spaketh he of the Spirit. It's the river is like the Spirit. That's the analogy. And here's what I don't want. I don't want a trickle. Did y'all hear me? I said... I don't want to get up here and preach to you the abundant life and rivers flowing and I have a trickle. So I'm just being transparent. I don't know how to be more open with you. And said that I preach this message to myself. And I have to remind myself that I'm yoked to Christ. And His burden is easy. And His yoke is light. If you raised your hand this morning, here's what I want to encourage you. Don't give up. Look up. And ask God to help you. If you're a believer in this house, would you do that right now? Would you look up? And would you lift your hand up? And would you just talk to the Lord for just a minute? 
Would you just tell him, God, I need, Lord, help. I need help not from a man and not from a woman. I need more help than just from a doctor or a lawyer. I need you, Lord, to help lift me up. If this message resonated with you, I want you to step out. You don't have to, but I'd like for you to step out. And I just want you to come around this front. And this band is going to sing this song. And if you don't have to go at this very moment. I want you to come up. I feel fine from And I want you to tell the Lord, God. I've been down to fever. son spent all that he had spent it on probably women and wine and having a good time till he reached the pig pen 
because he had lost all that he had. He had no more power, no more possessions, no more money, and no more influence. And now he was living where a Jewish boy should never be. And this is what he said when he came to himself. He reminded himself, I am a son. And I can get back up. Here's the humility part. And even if he don't look at me like a son, I'm willing to be a servant. But I'll tell you what, even the servants are doing a lot better than me in this pen. I'm here to tell somebody God didn't design you for the mud. God didn't design you for the mud. You need to remind yourself, I may have messed up. I may have made some bad choices, but I'm still a son. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go back to the father's house. And when you go, he's going to give you a ring on your finger. Hallelujah. And a new robe on your back. And he's going to say, welcome home. My son, my son. Listen, I know. I know we're dealing with a little bit of resurgence of COVID, but and so if you're not comfortable, that's fine. But if you are, I want you to place your hand on our neighbor's shoulder. And I just want you to pray this prayer as they sing. God, would you help my sister to get back up? God, would you help my brother to get back up? In the name of Jesus, God, would you help us? forgiveness. Come on, TPC. Come on, brothers and sisters. It's time to get back up. All my hope is in Jesus. Give him a great big praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. Well, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. And I got a brother here. My brother. All right. I just, the Lord really laid strong on my heart for Brother Nealon. He carries a lot of our burdens. We go to him. He prays for us, and He needs our prayers today. So if y'all don't mind, everybody just push in. Brother Neelan, stand right here. And Brother Paul Day is going to pray for you. The Lord just put it in my spirit. I was fighting it, and we just need to pray for our pastor. So y'all push in. Come on. The Lord will take care of the COVID. Y'all just push in. Here you go.
God Almighty, we just come this morning. God, we thank you for our pastor. And God, I just pray your anointing on him, Lord. I pray that your spirit, that he would just feel the power of your love and your holiness and your goodness and your spirit. God, just pour it down on us, God. God, to help us as a congregation to lift him up every day in our thoughts and in our prayers, God, and in everything we do. Lord, we cry out to you this morning. God, and we thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you, God, for your power and your might. Lord, and we just pray it down on our pastor. God, as he leads us, as those come against him, God, we just pray. Lord, as his sheep, that we would still be his protectors. God, that we would lift him up in love each and every day. And that he would feel our love and your love. And the power of your spirit in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for him and we love you and we love him and we love his family, God, and we lift him up. God, don't don't allow the devil to use his family to get him down. God, just lift him up. We pray a hedge of protection around him, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for that. I never want to put myself on a pedestal because I don't belong there. We all go through things. But we just need to remind one another. Come on. You're my brother. You're my sister. Come on. We're going to make it. We're going to finish strong. Amen. Your pastor and his family and all of TPC is going to finish strong. Okay, so look. If you want to talk to Kevin and Brittany, they are here. And they've got some information for you. And they'll be happy to talk to you, all right? So this band will just play a little bit of music, give you a time to facilitate. But Kevin and Brittany are going to be right here. And they're willing to try to answer any questions that you may have. God bless you. Enjoy your Sunday. Have a great day.